Thank you for joining us for our Renewal City Church podcast. If you're looking for ways to get involved, join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roxy Theater in Longview. Or find us online at rcclongview.org. We hope you're blessed and that this message finds you well. Well, we have something a little bit different for you guys today. As has been mentioned, we have a a missionary that we've been working with for the last number of years. His name is Rogers Audi, and he's going to be here today. And I'll give you a chance to welcome him in just a minute. Uh, But uh, what we're going to do is he's going to come up. We'll have some pictures rolling. Uh, I'll kind of, uh, I'll give him a real hard-hitting interview, you know, and he'll tell you a little bit about himself. And then, and then we're just going to turn it over to let him share uh, whatever the Lord has written on his heart for today. And, uh, and he's going to share that, and then we'll be closing the service together with communion like we usually do. But anyhow, uh, can you guys just give him the warmest Renewal City welcome as Rogers comes up to the stage? You can use either staircase... Thank you, sir. Have a seat. This is a, this is going to be a real hard hitting. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, and loop those picks. Thanks, Jess. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm going to be. He's not been prepped with these questions because you know we really want to see how he answers when the pressure's on and he's on the spot. But um, I'll just give you a little bit of background. Uh, Rogers uh, landed in our community by complete divine appointment at a Thursday morning prayer meeting where, uh, where he met some pastors here. And um, after the initial meeting, one of the pastors said, hey, I really feel like the Lord's leading me to, to walk with this man and to work with him. And I, and I wonder if Renewal would be willing to do it as well. And uh, being someone who never says no, I was like, sure, that sounds great. Um, and so he was last here four years ago, and we were already uh, kind of working with him a little bit at that point, uh, but he got to know a number of us, and then he's been back home for the last four years uh, working with this foundation. He started Ambassadors of Hope, and, uh, and is just, you know, now that the pandemic's uh, passed its height and all of that, he's able to come back and just reestablish relationships and things. Uh, Rogers is probably one of the most relational people I know, and he would love to get to know you. And so uh, if any of you have uh, time in the coming week, he'll be here for another week and a half almost. If any of you have time or would love to grab coffee with him, um, I would love to help facilitate that. And so let me know um, if you want to have him over to your house for dinner, if you would like to uh, take him on a classic Pacific Northwest outing, uh, whatever it would take for you to spend some time with him, uh, you wouldn't regret it if you invested that time. And so uh, check in with me, and, um, and yeah, and we'll go there. Uh, but we'll start things off here. Rogers, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit just about yourself. If, if I didn't know you at all and you were introducing yourself to me, how would you start? Good morning. <laughs> That's how I would have started. All right. My name is Rogers Audi, and I'm born again. I love Christ. 
I serve with our church back in Kenya and God birth uh, ambassadors of hope in me way back in 2007. We were still struggling with God if it was really Rogers or someone else and God proved that one way back in 2010. Today I'm still working with ambassadors of hope and as a result God has, has been flying with me the world taking me all the way from Africa to America. Not, not many Kenyans come over here, so that is a privilege just to serve with the ambassadors of hope. And I'm married to one female woman <laughs> called Cynthia, and God has blessed us with three kids, Chris, Susan, and Jeff. So, um, yeah, that's us. Chris is the one next to me, and then Susan, and then Jeff, and then that beautiful lady, beautiful in the world. I've looked around and I've realized that she's the only beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> that is Cynthia. I'm, I'm kidding. Everyone is beautiful and wonderful. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, that's about me. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about starting Ambassadors of Hope, what are some of the needs that you saw in your country and some of the ways that the Lord spoke to you about doing something? Thank you, Pastor James. Um, when we were starting Ambassadors of Hope um, in, in Africa, I want to speak about Africa. We don't have privileges like um, some of you have. And going to school is, that is like a plus in life. It's not something that comes easily. And going to school is something that you have to invest on. You have to pay money to go to school. So because of lack of education, that made life to be a bit hard because nobody will give you a job without any knowledge. Because most of the jobs you have to go to school, like here in America, nobody will just jump into any work without, without education. So my parents never went to school, and as a result, they were doing odd jobs. My father was working in a construction company, like a handman, no knowledge. So he would, back at home, we don't have machines that mix concrete. So they would do concrete, uh, you know, manually, like any, uh, like, I don't know if you people have seen that, and help with bring stone, sand, and all that. So that is what my, my dad did. And uh, getting even that job was not easy because not everybody is doing construction. And my mom would do hawking. I don't know if you people know hawking. Hawking is working with stuff and trying to figure out who can buy. So she was hawking um, fruits, bananas and mangoes and, and, and oranges, and it was seasonal, depending on what is available during that season. So she would hawk uh, by the roadside, and that was life. And that means, um, you know, um, some people take those <laughs> products and never pay and just go because they're hungry and they don't have money, you know, and nothing you can do. So living that life, it wasn't really a big deal for me because that is what I could see around. But over time, um, when I went to high school, then reality dawned on me because going to high school was, was, was blessings. 
my uncle came in my aid to help me go to high school. When, when, when I finished my elementary, now I was joining high school, um, there was no money. So I stayed home for a whole term. My whole term is three months. Our school system is three terms, three months, in a break of every three months. So my uncle came for me to go to school after term had gone, when people were in school. So for me, I thought that was the end of education. Nobody would employ me, so I would join my dad where he was working. So um, I went to school, I finished. It's a long story. And I thought that I can do something that is different from what I went through to other kids who don't have parents who are coming from underprivileged families like myself. And then my grandmother, when I went to high school, I went to the village. We were living in Nairobi. My parents moved to Nairobi because Nairobi is a capital city where there's so many job opportunities. So when I was going to high school, I was moved to the village. So in the village, my grandmother was living by herself. She was a widow and she was going through some stuff. It was very hard time. She would also work for people in their farms for her to provide food for me and other grandkids. So I thought when I was done with school that there is something that I can do because for me, now I can speak your language, American. I can speak Swahili in Nairobi and I know more than my father know in terms of education. Yes, thank you. So you were blessed with an education and well, you see the need in the country around you. Mm -hmm. And around 10 years ago, you or more than that, you start Ambassadors of Hope. Um, what are some of the programs that you run at Ambassadors of Hope? So um, we were feeding kids. We started feeding kids on the street. Then I realized that uh, feeding kids is not enough. I mean, I'll give them food today. What about tomorrow? So I wanted something that will, will, will live in their life forever and make them also think of the same thing that I thought. So um, when we gave food, we realized that we can give them education because we could gather about 50 kids together. So we give them food, then they dis disperse. So I said, we said that uh, we are going to look a place where we give them education. So we were just giving them education, me and my wife. And because of the Christianity where I was brought up in and I knew God and was saved, I said, we are not going to give the physical food. Now we are going to also put these kids on the spiritual growth. So we started with making them know about Jesus, preaching to them, and go, going with them through the Bible. And it really grew. That is the time I started contacting people about this thing because I, I realized that this thing is growing and big, becoming big because I would leave my wife with those activities and again run out and try to figure out how we are going to have our bills being paid. So a friend of mine from Birmingham came on board and started to help us with paying rent. Miraculously, I shared with him about that, 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 that miracle that happened. It's, it's also a long story. And through that, God has been just so merciful. And opportunity came for me in 2016 when I came over here through a friend of mine, whom I knew was this kind of a congregation, although to realize that he's like me seated at the back. But God used him to get into you the prayer meeting that you people were, and that was a turnaround for our ministry. Yeah, that is quite a story. Uh, if you have time, you should take Rogers out to coffee and let him tell you the story. 
If you can take me out to coffee, I can tell it to you. I've heard it a time or two. <laughs> um, so you have the school working with the kids, giving them an education. These mm-hmm. are impoverished kids or orphans uh, on the outskirts of Nairobi. And then you're also working with widows uh, kind of over in the community. Where is that where you went to high school? Yes. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the work with the widows. Um, well, to finish with the school, we have 80 children now in our school, getting food every day, getting love from the teachers that we have. Through you and Evangel, mm-hmm. we are able to pay our teachers their monthly support. And those, kid, those teachers are really loving on our, on our kids. And these kids are coming from underprivileged families. Some are coming from broken families. And they just have stories to tell. And we have also orphans amongst those kids. And coming to school is really a big thing to them because when they come to school, they are very sure that they will eat. But when they go home, they don't know if they'll get food. So they would rather stay in school and not home. So that is how important it is. Back in the village, we have widows, and these widows are living so very bad, bad houses. And thank you for Susie who's here and Mike. They came down there and built a, a widow's house. Those widows don't have houses. So what was so much important to me is to offer them shelter and food. We try to give them food every month. Sometimes it's not easy to, 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 to do that. And we're still working on doing the, the houses. There is a lady that is in this town who gives us two houses every year. And we've done total now, we've done, when I came here in 2016, we had only done eight houses. Today, I'm proud to tell you that we've done 40 houses for the widows, and we are still doing more. And when I say houses, I think you people are trying to imagine what you people have. It's, it's what we have. That is so marvelous to them. Maybe Susie will t- explain you. I don't know how to explain your houses versus those houses. <laughs> and one day, if you... You also take Susie and Mike for coffee, and then they will tell you, <laughs> they will tell you about the houses. But one thing that I want to tell you is... That thing, Pastor James, has made us to win so many souls for Christ. Because these widows didn't believe if there is God. Mm-hmm. The kind of life that they were leading was miserable. So until we came up with this program where they're getting food, they're getting houses, then they realized, oh my goodness. So there is God in heaven that sees widows. And as a result, we tell them it's not Rogers. It is not Pastor James and Renewal. It's God who has provided these houses. And we've want so many souls for Christ and people just want to come in to join ambassadors of hope because they want to meet with God. Yeah. So you've spent the last really almost 15 years because you started feeding the kids in 2007, right? Yes. Last 15 years uh, serving children, serving widows. Um, That's hard work. What what keeps you going? Well, um, a very good question. What keeps me going is the smiles that I see in the faces of these underprivileged families. You give them food and they're like, when are you coming back? Can I go with you to your church? You know, this is what we learned today in our school. And teachers are also reporting to me, you know, this student is going through this and that. And then I go hug with them and tell them that, you know, God loves you. God is going to fix that which is bothering you. You know, and we pray together. And for me, the relationship that we are building between these kids and God means a lot to me. I just want to do it every single day. Yes. And even with the widows. That's great. Um, 
So I know that what you're doing right now, caring for the widows, building homes, the school that you're running outside of Nairobi, I know that you have a dream and a vision for something mm-hmm. uh, even more than that, mm-hmm. as, as if what you're doing already is not enough. <laughs> it's enough, but I know you have a dream and a vision. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your dream? Yeah, um, thank you so much. Um, every single day when God gives you a vision, I think, and when God, God, you know, when your father has given you assignment, let us bring it down in today's normal life. When your biological father here gives you an assignment to do, you know, he sits somewhere and watching at you. And that is one thing that will tell me as a parent that you, will, you know your child who is lazy and who is serious whenever you give out assignment at home. You will not speak about it, but you'll just know this one, mm-mm. this one, <laughs> fine. So, <laughs> so um, when God gave me assignment, I really prayed about it and I say, God, I'm ready to be hands and feet and a tool and a vessel in your hands. So um, even during hard time, I remember selling some of my stuff to go get kids' food. For me, it was like God trying to figure out if, are you in this mission for your glory or for God? So, God kept giving me revelation. This is what God revealed to me. When I came here, it was really a big breakthrough for us. I went to the East Coast and over here, and God connected me to people. So, what I was getting in terms of support that you people were sending home was more than what we needed. And then what I thought of is, for how long are we going to pay rent there? And if I die today, God forbid, if today I, God chooses that, Rogers, you are my son, you've done so well, come, we stay up here, we, we wait for James and the rest so that we prepare a place for them. Um, what is... What is going to happen with my widows and my children? And then God revealed to me that we need to have our own space. So that even when I retire, God's business will continue. I'm not the only person that must run with that ministry. Because I know that God can elevate me to another level and bring someone else to continue. So we, as a result, the monies that we are getting extra, we decided to put in a pot. And God gave us a good dear woman who was selling a piece of land, two acres. We agreed with her and she accepted to take installment until we cleared last year. And we have a space where we want to build a school, a state-of-the-art school, that is going to bring on board Kids who are coming from the rich family, and these children from very humble family. And our goal is, I don't want to be coming to America to ask for help. I want to create that help within our local. Because I know people who also have money there, but they are keeping it for themselves. So a way of getting their money is giving them the beautiful school that they want for their kids. And as a result, our orphans get benefits from them because now they are going to pay more and remember I've not taken loan. You know, people have helped me to build the school. So this money is going to help these kids here 
and pay our teachers. The widows in, in the local there are going to get a job in the school. So there is money that is going to revolve around ourselves and I'm going to see people um, being, being creative to find a way of getting means of survival. And our kids also getting better education that can also change the community. So we have a big project that we want to build a school. Uh, we've done the BQ. BQ is, uh, what is BQ engineers? Engineers in the house? BQ is knowing <laughs> the cost of doing doing the entire thing, Right. Okay. Uh, what, what the architect gave me. So um, we've put all that together, and I'm trusting God. This was one, one of the trips that brought me here to share with the people about it, and I just want people to pray with us, people to partner with us, so that we do this. Because I just want to do a one-time thing that will last forever. Even if I'm there, even if I'm not there, the ministry will continue. Because it's not about Rogers, but it's about him. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to paraphrase what he said, just in case his English is really good. And you've gotten better, too. Your English is great. I know you guys' hearing is not so great. So You, you, know, um, you, you, know, you know, my English is British, and you people are speaking American. So Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But anyhow, <laughs> long story short, part of the dream is to, to build a state-of-the-art school that would attract children from wealthy families in Kenya to come and send their kids to that school, to charge those families tuition so that the resources of the wealthy in Kenya who tend to hold things for themselves will then be shared with the community and to, to use those, the wealthy families' tuition to cover the cost of bringing in impoverished kids, orphans into the school to, be, to receive the same state-of-the-art education to lift them up out of poverty also to use the school as an employment hub and, and possibly even a vocational training center for some of the different widows that he's working with um, to help them be lifted up out of poverty as well. And this is the sort of legacy project that would, would be able to, to be around and functioning uh, well long after Rogers and I think hopefully the rest of us too mm -hmm. would, would be gone. And so the dream is, is to do uh, something along those lines. Um, did I, did I get it right? I mean, man, I love your American accent, and <laughs> yeah. you explain it. <laughs> Thanks. Could someone take a picture of us and just send it to me? Because I was supposed to take a picture of him at Three Rivers <laughs> a couple days ago, and I did a really bad job. Uh, I told Rogers when... I told Rogers when he asked me to take the picture that, uh, well, I didn't tell him until afterward, when, he, when we got back here and, and he asked me if I'd taken the picture, I said, well, I was probably the wrong guy to ask to take a picture. I'm not really any good at it. And there was no one there to coach me like Nate's getting right now. <laughs> um. <laughs> so... Um. It really messed me up. I went to a very big event, and I actually told him before we started, hey, remember to take my photos. So I was looking at the white guy doing what the assignment I gave him, and I realized that uh, he messed me up, but I forgave him. Yeah, he forgave me, and he won't ask me to take pictures anymore. So um, I am committed to getting better at taking pictures. Thank it you. showed me an area of my life I need to work on. Um, <laughs> I think I want to turn things over and just give you an opportunity to share with us whatever the Lord has 
has put on your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I do that, can we pray together for your vision and your work sure. and for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to have this brother in our midst. Uh, we thank you for the calling that is on his life to serve his people and his community. And we thank you for the unique opportunity we have to, um, to support him in that, to, be, to partner with him in that, to, to, um, to be a part of the work that he is doing. Uh, Lord, I don't doubt that that role that you have for us to play is a unique part of the calling that you are giving to different ones of us. And so, uh, Holy Spirit, be speaking to our hearts how we are meant to partner with this brother and see his work continue to move forward and, and bless him and bless his family and continue to help them to be faithful with the things that you have called them to do. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. It's all yours. I would say you've got, I would say you've got about 15 minutes. Okay. Does that sound good? Thank you. So um, thank you so much, Renewal Church, for your warm reception. I've, I've been privileged to meet some of you, uh, courtesy of uh, various activities that happens over the week. And uh, I really appreciate most of you are just amazing. I was able to meet McKinsey. <laughs> and McKinsey is my friend. I think we've worked with that through your ministry uh, um, for many years, and, and, and Laura was just so nice to me. We shared a lot about her profession. I want her to come to Kenya and be a doctor, not, not what she's doing. And, uh, and uh, I've also met Ryan. Initially, I thought Ryan is a baby, you know. We were playing with the kids, and Ryan really made himself to be like those little kids. I was like, is he a man or a kid? (laughs) So when we met the second time, then I saw a man. So Ryan really knows how to camouflage in any environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also met, can we just clap for that man? Is a, is a, is a, Best coach of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, and then I also met Nancy and Bill. Such an amazing couple down there. Nancy and Bill, how are you? Good. And I've been eating chicken in this, in this country. And Susie and... And Mike said, no, it's just enough for chicken, and they prepared me a special meal. Uh, thank you so much. If I've not recognized you, know that I love you, you are in my heart, and, and, and I think about you, and thank you, Pastor James. He's looking at me as if, can't you see me here? And, and where is Jess? Jess? I'm talking about you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, I was I was I was praying overnight, and I was asking God to give me something to share with you. And 
God gave me a very simple topic that all of you know. And uh, I just wanted to give it a different outlook. Amen? And I just want us to pray before I begin my message. Let us, let us bow our heads as we pray. Father, we thank you, we bless your name, we exalt you, King of Kings. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this amazing family, God, that you've united us together, God, that we just speak about you. Thank you, King of Kings, because you reign over everything, God. And right now, you are in our midst, you are in our presence, God. Father, we pray that you come down, God. Everything that is going to, I'm going to utter here, Father, pray that it only becomes from you and not me, God. Use me as your vessel, God. And as we pass this message, God, we pray that your glory will continue to be glorified. I pray, believing and trusting your name, and let us all say amen. 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 Good. Um, the topic of my message is prayer. Say prayer. prayer. I don't know how many times you people pray. And today I want us to have a different test of prayer. Amen? I know you people pray, but God wants us to pray in a special way. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor James, I know you people pray. I tell people in Kenya that there is prayer and there is prayer. So you might think, you might imagine that you are praying or think that you are praying, but you still not praying. Amen? God wants us to have a special way of doing prayers to him. And what is prayer? What I understand by the word prayer is having communication with God. The only way we can have communication with God is through prayer. Amen? Are we together? When, when, when Kenyan asks you, amen, you respond, amen. <laughs> when you say, hallelujah, you say, amen. That is when I feel like we are together. Amen? Amen? I want us to say it in a special way. Amen? Amen. Good. So, what I was saying is prayer is a communication, a having one-on-one -on -one conversation by our maker. Amen? Amen? And number one, I want us to give us the importance of prayer. Because we just pray. Some of us are just praying for the sake of prayers. But you don't know what you people are doing. And now I want to give you an aspect in which I look at prayer. So number one is prayer offer solutions. And I want us to read from the book of Luke 11, 19. I will read. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. I want to tell us, church, that prayer is the pathway to solution. It is the way to solve that problem that cannot be handled or a solution too tough or dilemma that you cannot fix. Every time when we found ourselves in trouble, some people call their parents because you are like your parents. 
When we found ourselves in trouble, some people call your pastors because you think pastors offer solution. Sometimes when we are in trouble, we call our husbands because we think our husbands have solution. Or we call our wives because we think our wives have solution. Church, I want to direct you today that the only solution to our problem is God. And the moment we will come close to God and have a relationship with him, God is going to give you a solution. And the way and the only means of getting to God is through prayers. When we kneel unto this maker and say, God, I'm in this kind of trouble, I want a solution, God will provide the solution. But many a times we've divided our ways and thought that solution are with men. And that's why some of our solution has delayed because we look at man and not God. And I want to tell us, church, today that God is very jealous, especially when we share his glory with any, anybody. Today, I want us to give you another scenario where we need to have connection with God. Americans, we've forgotten and we are looking at our leaders. We've forgotten and we are looking at our parties. Some are in Republican and some are in Democrats. I want to tell you solution is with God. Solution is not with Trump. Solution is not with Biden. But solution to fix this country is with God. The moment we'll come down and seek God, seek his face, we are going to find solution for this country. I've come here to remind us that solution is not with Pastor James. I've come to remind you here that solution is not with your husband. Solution is with God. Those things that are happening in your life, the moment you will go and find a solitary place and seek God's face, God is going to fix it. It doesn't matter what kind of the problem you are going through. It doesn't matter what you are going through in your life. Amen? And today, I want us to begin to change the way we are asking God to fix our solution. Today, I want us to have a new style of going to God in prayers. Some of you are praying while driving. I want to tell you God is not a joker. Take your time. Put your car aside by the road and ask God for the safe journey masses. Let us stop having jokes with God. He's not, God, he's not man. God is different and is watching at us. Look at your life. Sometimes I look at my life and I look at people that I went to school with. And that is the only yardstick that you can check your life and what God has done in your life. Look at yourself. How many people that you went to school with that are looking the same as you? The promotion that you are getting from where you are working, it is not something that is normal. It has taken God. And God is only calling for us to have a relationship with him and communication with him. In my daily life, I look at this, Pastor James, that when you have your parents and you don't visit with them, you don't talk to them, you will not know when they have distributed the wealth to your brothers. Amen? But your father will input you on the table with your brothers to know where he's doing, how he's going to write the will if you are in a constant communication with him. Amen? Am I speaking to somebody? Am I speaking to somebody? And so our heavenly father behaves the same. Don't expect good things if you are not 
having communication with our maker. If you can't come to church, you choose when you want to come to church. He has given us seven days of the week and just want some few hours in the last day just to come worship with him and build your relationship with him. Some of you just take this thing for the sake of it, Pastor James. I pray that people are going to look at prayer in a special way. God just is waiting for you for that time that will realize that he is not man. He is God. And nobody can define God. He's omnipresent. Amen? Amen. Number two, don't be scared. Don't be scared. I look, I see people are now worried. People, people. <laughs> Pastor James. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just want to tell you what God puts in my heart. And I feel so bad that we stopped communicating with God. And God is just looking for us. He's just trying to look at McKinsey. Where, where are you, my daughter? He's just looking at Rogers. Where are you, my son? Why are you running away from me? He's looking at having a conversation with me. Like our, our biological parents, our physical parents here on earth, when you are not there, they don't see you, no phone call. Your father is feeling so bad. And so is our maker. Our maker wants us to have a continual conversation with him so then he can tell us what is lying ahead of us. Some of us think that are happening to us is because we are not communicating with God. It's because we decided and we left him long time ago. And you want to succeed. You want to succeed in your career. You want to succeed in your job. You want to succeed in your profession. You can't do it. It can't happen. Because it is God. It has taken God to be where you are. Amen? Amen. Number two, prayer is communion with God. Amen? Every time when you want to know how your father is doing, it's when you get time and get to where he is and you have talk and you have relationship and he tells you this and that. Some of us, we stay in town and we forget about our parents who brought us in life. Maybe this man is suffering from diabetes, from cancer and all that. And he's going through some stuff. He just wants to see my son, my daughter, tell, tell him or her that this is what I'm going through. And it's become so therapeutic for him because you've just showed up. Amen? And God is just like that. God just wants to talk to us. God wants you to talk to him. So then he tells you that whatever is, is, is lying ahead of you, whatever is going through you. When you communicate with God, there are things that just happened. When you have a communion with God, there are things that, that are just happening. When you keep close to God, there are things that, that are just happens. And people are like, how are you doing it, Pastor James? What's the secret? It is because this man has a close relationship with his father. It's because this man always, every minute, just say, God, I love you. God, just talk to me. God, just visit me. Visit with my family. Amen. And I want us to read from Exodus. Then let us make a sanctuary for me. Let, then let us make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. Amen? Make a sanctuary for God. Always create time for God. And God will dwell in you. People will be seeing you and seeing God. 
You know, some of us, Pastor James, when they speak about God, even in their place of work, people are like, are you really? Are you a man of God? We don't look like. Is our character portrays man of God? Being a man of God is not coming to church on Sunday. When you dwell in God, people see you and they see God. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you, church, there are things that you don't even struggle with when people see you. When I go to the village, there are people who see me and they ask me, Rogers, I want you to pray for me. Because what we are doing, they make them see that truly, truly there is God. What are you doing when you are not with your, 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 your church members? What do you do in your own space? Are you doing things that gives God glory? Let us dwell in him. Amen? Let us have a constant communication with God. Amen? It is through prayer that we make our request to God. I want us to read, I will read from the book of Matthew 6, 6. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. It is through prayer that we make our request to God. Everybody, and this one, this one, this one is for free. Take it to the bank. All of us, all of us here, we have something special that we are seeking God for. All of you here, and Americans, you people know how to hide your feelings. But the truth is, all of us, all of us, me included, we have something that we want God to do for us. There are parents that their kids are in drugs and they are praying that, how can my child get out of this, this captivity? There are people who are suffering through some diseases and they are praying, God, how can I be healed from this disease? There are people who want to achieve something in their life, but they are praying, God, how can I get to where I want to go to? What, how, how, how can I get to this level of my career? The secret is that request we can make to God in a secret place. I want to encourage you, church, today. If you want a job, don't just say, God, I want a job. God wants something special from you. He wants your time. He wants you to find a place, solitary place, that you make like heaven to him, that you kneel down and you pray and you cry to him. And then he feels that it is not... You know, there is praying for food. Father, bless this food in Jesus' name. Amen. No. God wants to talk to you. God wants to hear how serious that thing you want. We were sorting with someone yesterday. And he was telling me the way they were almost losing everything. And I was telling them, when God wants to give you something, he also gives you a trial. Because God wants to see if you have the capacity of holding what you want. Amen? If things will be just be given, you know, Rogers, you want school, have it. You want a new car, have it. Uh, Pastor James, you have, want a big church, have it. We'll take things for granted. There are things that cost God. 
And there are things that God gives you and you want to see if you have the capacity to have it. If today your child comes to you and say, Dad, I want, I want a car. He will wreck it because you will come again for another car. Because you have it, you just give. But a good dad will say, you want a car? Yes, you have to work for it. You must work in my yard, I will be paying you so that you buy that car. So what you are going through to have what you want, that is what will keep what God gives you. If you just, if anytime I come here and you people give me money and you don't ask me, what did you do with the other money? How will you know if it is going to the right work? And that's why I was telling Pastor James, don't just sit here and send money to Africa. Sometimes also get into a plane with that money and come see what it's doing. Amen? Put me into account. God puts you into account. God, just put, God doesn't just put money into your account. You have to wake up very early in the morning. And I'm telling you people, you people wake early. You are waking up earlier than, than Kenyans. Come and see what we are talking about. Don't just send. Put me into account. It is very biblical, Pastor James. It is biblical. And so what we want, let us go to God in a secret place and seek him. Our God has everything. The God that I serve has everything. A thousand cattle on the hill belongs to him. Silver and gold belongs to him. When we go to him, he's going to provide unto us. But there is a condition. You must prove that you have a capacity to hold it. You must prove to God that you have the capacity to hold that which you're asking God for. Amen? Number four, prayer is an act of obedience. Prayer is an act of obedience. And verses from my Bible that I came with from Africa, I don't know your American Bible, it says, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated or solitary place to pray, where he prayed. And John 17 says, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. Amen? God has blessed us with so many things. In Kenya, where I came from, I know a couple that are praying for a child. They have lived together for 10 years. They have not seen a child. And their, their marriage is at a state that is going to break. And they are praying, God want you to bless me. Just bless me with the child. The children that you have, don't take them for granted. It has costed God for you to have them. The, the house that you have, don't take it for granted. It has costed God for you to have it. The good health that you have, don't take it for granted. It has taken God for you to have it. Amen? Let us pray. It is an act of obedience to God. It was a way of giving God, thank you, God, for what you've given to me. Because I want to tell you, church, not everybody has everything that you have. God has given us differently. 
Let us give thanks to God. Let us always pray to God for God. Thank you for this beautiful car that you've given to me. Thank you, God, for this good life that you've given to me. Thank you, God, for these children that you've trusted unto my to, unto, unto, unto my family. There are people who are struggling to have family. They try into this engagement, it fails. Another one, it fails. Until they, are at, they have reached at a point that they cannot even work with people together. Amen? Don't take things for granted. It has costed God. It has costed God. Church, let us pray. Let us have a new style of praying. Let us have a new style of giving God thanks. And just say, God, thank you for what I'm seeing in my, in my life. God, thank you for this education that I have. Because all of us, we are not on the same level in terms of the blessings that we have. It has costed God to be where you are. Sometimes I look at myself, I look at people that we, young people that we, we started life with. Some are dying in depression. Some got into drugs and bad stuff have happened. I know parents who, have, who had everything, they had good money in, in, in Kenya, but their kids have turned to be something else. They have money, but they don't enjoy it. They are sick, not because they have cancer. Their kids have made them to be sick. Because any person, everybody here, we want continuity. And continuity is your children. I don't know how much you people pray. I don't know how much you people take for granted what God has given you. Today I've come to remind us, church, that God loves us so, so much. That he has given us everything that we have. And this God, he doesn't want you people to pay. He doesn't want your money. He only wants your time. He only wants you people to give him this, to give him this, to give him his, to give him your knees. I don't know how many times you people go to your knees and just thanking God and just giving God all the glory and just saying, God, if it was not for you, I would have not been who I am today. Church, I want to challenge you. Let us have a way, in a different way, we're going to do things differently. Because God is looking for a different way of giving him thanks and giving him glory for the great thing that he has done in our lives. The life that you have, that good health that you have. Church, I want to tell you, I'm 36 now. And I know people who are born my age who are dead now. I don't take for granted the life I have today, church. There are people who are born with you and they are not living today. There are people who are born with you and now they are languishing in hardship. They are suffering. Their life is not the same. God is looking for you. God is looking for you, church. Let us give him praises. Let us give him worship. Let us just lie down. Be, let those people say that you are stupid because you are praising God. There is reward for it, church. There is reward for worshiping, for praying, for giving God all the glory. Pastor James, we have come in a different way to tell you God wants to reward us. What we have is not enough. He's still looking for us. Are you ready to walk with me, my son? Are you ready to walk with me, my daughter? Man, are you ready to walk with me? There are things that God is yet to, to give. But we are so reluctant for the little that he has given unto us. Let us do things different. Let us do things different. Pastor, Pastor James, I come over to America. 
None of you is my relative. None of you. We don't share anything in blood. We only share blood of Jesus Christ. We only share the blood of Jesus Christ. You have choices to lock your doors for me. But I see God. I see God. You know, people come together and pay my hotel for one week. And then those people at the back there, they open their doors for me. A black man, they don't know what's come, where he has come from. That is God. That is God. The relationship that you have with the people, for people to sit down with you, it is God. People are so busy here. People are so busy here. People are busy making money. Can you also busy make God? Can you get people get busy making relationship with you, with, between you and God? Let us not be busy only making money. When we have a relationship with him, he's going to provide all that you're busy looking for. Amen? And the last one, the last one, sorry if um, I'm, 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 I'm squeezing your stomach. I'm sorry if I'm squeezing your stomach. <laughs> Prayer leads to salvation. Amen? Prayer leads to salvation. This is how prayer is simple. Pastor James, you don't have to come here and shout and hit the floor top and, and, and cry. Prayer leads to salvation. I want us to read from the book of Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you want to connect with Christ, you want to transfer from the older life then it's through, then it's through prayers that one can do so. Amen. Let us have a prayer. Let us have a prayer. Sorry. Let us have, let us have a prayer and do prayer and worship God. That alone will have you connected to God will deliver you from your old nature of life. People have done so many things. People have done so many things. People have killed. But God is calling you, come, my son, come. God is going to wash all that sins, and you're going to remain new as a newborn baby. We men will say everything that we know. As a matter of fact, I will take you to the to the court, my own court, and say, McKinsey, the way I look at you, the way I look at you, McKinsey, no. But God never does that. He just needs your relationship with him. He just needs you to run to him and say, here I am, daddy. Here I am, my father. Rogers has rejected me. He says I'm this and that. But I know you are the only father that I know. Wash my sins. Clean my life. And make me a newborn baby in your hands. Amen? God is good. God is good. And all the time. And that is nature. Amen? Thank you so much for listening to me.
I just wanted to share with you the way I look at prayer for me and what I've seen prayer doing in my life. And I would not want to keep it for myself, but to share with these wonderful people of Renewal Church. That from today we are going to do things differently. That today we are going to look at how we handle our lives differently. And I promise you, our lives is not going to remain the same. Our families are not going to remain the same. Our job is not going to remain the same. God is going to bless all of us. Amen? God is good. And all the time, let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for using me, God, for the prayer that that which is not good before your eyes and your people, God, put it aside. And that which is usable in our lives, God, for the prayer that we are going to transform, it is going to transform our lives, God. Thank you, God, for your people. Thank you for this church, God. For their prayerful increase, God, in their lives, God. I pray for changes, God, into their families, God. Father, I pray, God, for the provision into, the, into whatever they need, God. Father, I pray for the improvement of their lives, God. Father, I pray for great things in this church, God. Father, I pray that the feet that are stepped in this church today, God, that, Father, there are things that are going to change. Father, I pray that you're going to change our way of doing things, God. And, Father, we... I pray that even the way we are worshiping you is going to change, God, and we are going just to worship you and give you praise, God, and, and just pray and pray, God, because that is the only way, God, that you have stated to us today that is the way of communication with you. I love you. I pray, believing and trust in your name, and all say amen. amen. Thank you. Um, can you give me light for two minutes, please, or a minute? Um, sorry for taking much of your time, Pastor. While I was coming from Kenya, our school and the widows program, they know about this church. Because during COVID, Everything was shut in our country. But you kept, this church kept supporting our ministry. And our teachers were taking something home for them to have food, and our widows were getting food. Pastor, they told me that they would really give me a lion for you to share amongst you. Lion. But the airline decided not to help me carry the lion here. Yeah, they wanted you to have a soup of lion. So next time, I'm going to talk to the airline so that they allow me to carry lion with me from Kenya and bring lion so that everybody here, everybody here, Nancy, you have a soup of lion. Um, coach, coach of the year, you also have a, a soup of lion. David, you have a soup of lion. And Laura, you take soup with you to the, to the hospital so that you, give, you serve your, your patients. 
And so please allow me to hand over this to you. It's a small gift that uh, we brought to you in a way of just saying thank you for loving us and for allowing your church to be part of us. And, and, and we just love you guys. We just love you. We love you so, so much. And God do you good. Thank you. Yeah. It's a plaque. It says, uh, James Dieter, in recognition of great work and partnership with Ambassadors of Hope Foundation, Kenya, Africa, thank you for giving hope to the hopeless. Thank you, Rogers. We're very honored. <laughs> thank you. Um, we're just going to close the service at, at the Lord's table today, like we always do. I. Um, just a, a great word for us, Rogers. I know that the Lord, I think, is speaking to many of us that uh, how much he longs to be connected to us in a, in a deeper and more significant way, um, how much he longs for us to relate to him differently, uh, as if he were always present and with us, and as if he were our closest and dearest friend, as if he were someone who we could talk with at any time and pour out uh, the depth of who we are and receive the depth of who he is. And so, um, yeah, we just believe that he's calling us to walk in this beautiful exchange of friendship. And, and we know uh, as Christians, we believe that it was Christ's work on the cross that reopened the opportunity for humanity to relate to God in that way. And so every week we gather at the table and we recognize Christ's sacrifice that made this possible. We have the bread that represents his body that was broken for us. And we have the cup that represents his blood that was poured out for us. Um, believing that this blood represents a new covenant between God and humanity. A covenant where the apostle Paul said, God is no longer counting our sins against us. Uh, a covenant where he's inviting us into relationship and friendship and family with him. And so, as we just sing another song in worship together, we wanna to invite you to come up and tear off a piece of the bread and, and dip it in the cup and just receive again today in a new and a fresh way, uh, the mercy of God in your life and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit uh, that's offered to you. And so Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you have done. We thank you for the impact it has on each of us as we just receive again with thanksgiving your body and your blood uh, we ask that you would transform us, change us, make us new, and give us a new way to live from, from today forward. In Jesus' name, amen.